to the left, Daniel Scraper kind of in a bunch formation over here, and that's where Britton's looking down for Stusek. He's got it, and he lost the ball as he got to the end zone. They're calling it a touchdown. Bennett Stusek, his third touchdown of the season. Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. This podcast comes to you from the Regina Sports Performance Center studio. Go check out their awesome facility in the heart of Regina at 1440 Broadway Avenue. All our guests come to you via the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline, Saskatoon's only five-star certainty roofer. Call Kevin at 262-ROOF. Time now for the first quarter, and we hear from former Oregon Duck and new U of S Husky linebacker Nick Weeb. So the U of S Huskies are going to open up against the defending champion U of C Dinos, and then they got to go to UBC. I'm talking U of S Huskies here because they picked themselves up a Division One football player from FBS. That's the the high rung of NCAA football, and this guy Nick Weeb from Calgary was an Oregon Duck for three years. He played dressed in two of the years, redshirted one year. How you doing, Nick? Good, thanks. How are you boys doing? Good, thanks for uh, joining us. So, Nick, you're a Calgary guy. How did you end up in Oregon with the Ducks? I actually transferred. Um, I played my first two years of high school football in uh, Ogotoks, Alberta, so just south of Calgary. And then um, I actually transferred high schools down to a school in Florida called IMG Academy and uh, played out my last two years of high school football there my junior and senior year. And then, uh, yeah, had, had a couple offers, offers on the table out of high school and uh, decided that Oregon was going to be home for, for uh the next three years i guess so dude what was it yeah. like what what was it like to play in oregon uh, you know uh you it's eugene oregon it's uh you got like i i think there's like 300 jersey combinations because phil knight from nike is uh is, that's his alma mater what what was it, what was the whole scene like there uh i mean eugene is uh it, it's a smaller town probably an hour and a half south of portland so i mean uh there's nothing much going on in Eugene except for the uh, the Oregon Ducks football game. So it's 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 a pretty hectic scene on Saturdays. They they shut down the whole street in front of the stadium, and uh, we usually sell out the game whenever uh, whenever we're playing at home. But uh, yeah, Eugene's a Eugene's a cool town. Um, it's a, it's a university town. Everything revolves around the university. I think I looked at the, someone read me a stat when I was there. It was over 50% for sure of town's employees are employed by the university. So it's uh, it's a cool experience to go to university there and play ball there. Just being kind of the epicenter of, uh, of the uh, recreation of the town. How did you end up come, uh, deciding to, like, why leave Oregon? Why go to the University of Saskatchewan Huskies? Well, uh, I had a couple family reasons to come home, be closer to home, closer mm-hmm. to Calgary, closer to Okotoks. So... Uh, just, just, just some, some family stuff and some personal stuff. And the other reason was um, there was a, a coaching change at Oregon. The uh, the guy who recruited me to come to the University of Oregon actually left uh, after my freshman year. Uh, he got a, he got a coaching job at Florida State, so he uh, he left. And then it's uh, yeah, just just time for a change of scenery, basically. And uh, U.S. was uh, was the U.S. and U.C. were the were the last two, and uh, decided the U.S. would be the, the right spot for me. So, what made it more attractive to go to the U.S. Uh, being that you're you know Okotoks, Calgary area? Why choose Saskatchewan? It is it is the only game in town in Saskatoon, so it has that about it. Uh, you know, in comparison to Eugene, Oregon. 
Uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I fell in love with the coaching staff and, and the culture and, and the players at University of Saskatchewan. Uh, everything about the town was was reminding me somewhat of Eugene, Oregon, but uh, in, a, in a really Canadian way, which which felt like home for me. And uh, you know, the, the, there's there's uh, I told my mom and dad this when I when I pulled the trigger and uh, decided I would sign with U of S about three days ago. It's, there's no other coach. There's no other coaches in the country I'd rather play for than uh, Scott Flory and Warren Mazika. So, um, yeah, mostly uh, mo- mostly the coaching staff and just the fit there. And yeah, just love Saskatoon when I came out and uh, love the team. So, no other no other place I'd rather be and uh, bring a couple of national championships home than Saskatoon at this point. Yeah, so you got a couple of years left. They've got a loaded team. They've got a good chance to make some noise. Obviously, Calgary uh, in your backyard is the defending champ, so got to be excited about that to try to knock off the Kings in your own backyard. Yes, sir. I, uh, I, I for sure circled the date on my calendar. Uh, September 25th back in uh, McMahon Stadium. For yeah. sure, trying to make a statement, come out and uh, Fall out on the home turf one more time. Hey, what what's it like to play? You had your best game in the Fiesta Bowl the last time you played. What's it like to play a bowl game like that? Well, I'm actually a Cardinals fan too, so uh, we got to play <laughs> State State Farm Stadium down there. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of a dream come true. My my family actually has season tickets for the uh, the Cardinals, so I got to look up at the seats I look down at to, to watch the games most of the time on from the field. So. It was a pretty cool experience to uh, to get out there and play in a bowl game, especially a, a New Year's Six like that. There's uh, there's for sure a different energy about it. Just kind of kind of a tough situation with COVID this past year. Didn't really get to experience the full bowl game experience. You know, stay the week in, in Phoenix yeah. and, and have fun the whole week and such. But it was still a, an amazing experience to go and play in, in my. Uh, my favorite team stadium and in a stadium I've watched so many football games and it was it was cool to play there. Hey Nick, you uh, you face uh, what my son faced. He's down in North Dakota, which might as well be in China because I'm only eight hours away from him, but I couldn't go down and see him. The border's locked down. That's tough to not be around family or get to see family when you're living away from home, isn't it? Uh, yes, sir. Absolutely. This past this past year with COVID made it, uh, like you said, a lot harder than it was these past couple of years uh my first two years at Oregon, my, my family is great enough to come down and, and watch essentially every home game and, and, uh, and come and kind of have the journey with me and, and Eugene. But this past year was a little tougher just because there were no fans in the stands for, for any of our games, at least. So it was tough to be away from family for that long. So it, was, uh, it, made, it, it made it all the more special when they all got to come down and, uh, and uh, watch the game at State Farm Stadium and, uh, yeah. Watch, yeah. watch me play in the Cardinals and made it uh, all, all the more sweet. We're talking about rivalries, man. The Rams and the Huskies have a good one. The the, the fans will be there. It'll be packed on a, probably a Friday night at Saskatoon. Metallica pumping when you guys come out and enter Sandman. What <laughs> kind of what kind of player can we expect? Uh, you know, I'd, uh, I'd uh, especially for rivalry games, I'm... Uh, I like to get a little chippy during the game. Not nothing too serious, nothing that'll draw a flag or anything like that. But, you know, I like to come out and I like to play with a chip on my shoulder for sure. And you know, uh, between the whistles, uh, hit a guy as hard as you can as you can, and pick him up after the play and let him know that you just laid him out. So you know, that's kind of the type of player I am on the field. But uh, my playing style is more. You know, I, I like to describe myself as a smart football player. Um, deceptively athletic is what a lot of coaches have called me. So. <laughs> That's one thing, and uh, 
yeah, sideline to sideline, three-down guys. Just likes to get after it with the boys. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for uh, taking some time out of your schedule. Can't wait to see, do the eyeball test on you and see a Div 1 athlete, former Oregon Duck Nick Weep, suiting up for the U of S Huskies. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, boys. This week's show is brought to you by Bubba's Barbecues, Beer, Fireworks, and Urgent Care. Your one-stop shop for everything you'll need this weekend. Now with sunscreen and apple pies, too. That's Bubba's Barbecues, Beer, Fireworks, and Urgent Care. When it's time to fly, fly with the new airline that keeps the cabin clean, the service top-notch, and the troublemakers off the flight. It's Pleasantville Airlines. You'll enjoy our dress code. Shirts and slacks for guys and dresses for girls and ladies. Oh, and shoes. Not flip-flop sandals or tennis shoes. Shoes. With our electronic tickets, we'll know when you arrive in the gate area, so no need for your stupid questions. We'll make announcements. Get the AirPods out of your ears and pay attention. No mask? No problem. No debate. Just wait off to the side. Keep waiting because you're not getting on. Your strong personal stance just got you grounded. And one carry-on item per person means you get to carry on one item. If that's your laptop, that's your one. A purse, that's your one. Got a special story of why you should get special treatment? We don't care. Neither does anyone on board. So there's no misunderstandings? We have you agree to all terms when you buy your ticket online. And remember, no refunds, which won't be a problem. Unless you are. Pleasantville Airlines. Flying the way it used to be. Civilized. And the second quarter of Growing the Game with Ballsy is brought to you by John Ryan, Saskatchewan Rough Rider, punter, and local football legend, AGT Foods, doubles at egg sales in Weyburn, and Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and Prince Albert. I'm coming to you from the Regina Sports Performance Center studio, and let's head out again on the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline and hear from our Athlete of the Week for Paul Waldo at Royal LePage in Regina, getting the real estate game with the three-time Grey Cup champ by calling 306-502-5355. This is Lane Johnson of Moose Jaw going into his grade 12 year. How are you today, Lane? I'm good, Ballsy. How are you? Good, man. 6'2", 215 pounds. Are you a linebacker or a defensive end? What do you prefer? I prefer linebacker. D-end was kind of just to add some versatility to my tape and game. Yeah, okay. So speaking of tape and game, I know Regina Minor football, thankfully, had a spring league here that incorporated grade 12. They had a grade 9 and a grade 10 division, and then a grade 11, grade 12 division. Now they're mixing the, the teams together and going to play all-star games against Saskatoon. But I understand in the Moose Jaw area, you guys are doing the same thing in terms of a mini, uh, I guess it would be a summer league now. Yeah, so we have a Moose Jaw team, a Weyburn team, and a Yorkton team. And we're basically all playing each other twice. And then on July 10th, it's going to be the number one team versus the number two team for the championship game. Awesome. So you're getting wooed. That must feel good. I know you've been in contact with the U of T, judging by your uh, Twitter account. And the Rams just got in contact with you. Tell us about uh, you know the fact that teams are catching on to you now. Well, you know, it's... It's always been something that I've been working for for a long time. Like when I committed to football a few years ago, this was always like the end goal is to, you know, just finally start to get offers and get the chance to play after high school. And now to just finally see so many different schools and especially my hometown, Regina Rams, take interest in me and offer me. It's just a big blessing. Are you uh, are you leaning towards staying at home or is it too far away yet? I'm definitely leaning towards staying home. I'll end up making the decision in um, September, but, you know, staying home would be awesome. I love Saskatchewan. I love Regina. You know, the football energy in this province is just different. So uh, how long have you been playing football, Lane? I've been playing football for around, 
I want to say four years now. What were the other sports that interest you, and why did you uh, decide to fully commit to football like you were talking about a couple of minutes ago? Well, I ended up, so I started out just playing you know, as a little kid. Like, I just play like, soccer, mm-hmm. a bit of hockey. I played some lacrosse. And then so my dad was actually, like, a really big football fan. He loved Peyton Manning. And I always just ended up watching football with him, and that's when one summer I just decided, you know, I'd maybe go and try playing tackle football. And then, so after, like, a year of that, I started playing. And I just really just had a love and passion for it. And that's when I decided, like, it, I wanted to have, like, a life with this sport. I just really started, you know, grinding for it and stuff. Favorite thing about the sport? Honestly, just being a part of the team. You know, there's nothing better than having 60 guys you can call family. Just being, practicing every day, just having something to wake up to, you know. Worst part of the sport? Injuries, definitely injuries. <laughs> yeah, what's your worst injury so far? My worst injury, um, probably last year, I was going to tackle somebody and I like kind of I used my head a bit too much and kind of crunched my neck a little bit and I ended up getting like a deep tear in my trap muscle, so it hurt for a long time to move my neck. <laughs> so your dad liked Peyton Manning. Who did you like? Like who who are you looking up to as a football player? I looked up I look up to uh, Ray Lewis. You know, he's so inspirational. He's such a you know, hard-hitting, fast-playing guy. I just love how he plays, and I love watching him. Now, the CFL hasn't been around for almost uh, two years here, but are you a big CFL fan? Do you like watching the Canadian Football League? I don't watch it as much as the NFL, but when I do, I just watch the riders. I enjoy it. How old are you now? You're 17, 18? So how do we get somebody like you interested in watching that game more? Maybe just more media representation or something like that. You know, like social media, I feel like, is a big aspect in um, youth these days. So I feel like maybe just more representation or something, you know, getting more representation to the youth through social media and different apps and stuff like that. Yeah, and maybe uh, things like this podcast, promoting young guys like you as they come up, because then when they get to to the CFL or through college to the CFL, they become uh, more well-known and more of a household name, right? Yeah, that's true. Okay, so Lane, what's your best attribute as a football player, do you feel? I think my my best attribute is probably my work ethic, like, that's, I, I never thought I was the most talented kid, but I would never be outworked by anyone. That's how I got here is by hard work, and that's how I'm going to continue to be good is by hard work. So I think that's what's good about me. How tough was the pandemic on you mentally? It was tough on a lot of young kids, coaches, everybody mentally that they couldn't play the game they loved. Honestly, you know, it for a bit, it really killed me just not being able to play football, not being able to go to the gym, and just how I would usually let out, you know, emotion and spend my time and just having all that stripped away it took a it took a big toll on me for a bit now with this some minor football uh little summer league you guys are doing is it is it just your team or is it just moose jaw uh you know amalgamation of all the teams going against those other uh those other cities that you mentioned yeah it's a combination of all the moose jaw high schools how do you like that i like i like the fact they do that with the uh, rmf here where campbell and Leboldis <laughs> and miller and riffle they're all on the same team and you get to be buddies with what would normally be your opponents yeah, I think it's awesome. It's nice to, um, you know, play with some guys that you usually have to play against and, you know, add some more weapons to your team and just make friends with some new guys you'd usually bang heads with, so it's nice. And in the fall, when you guys get back to playing, hopefully and thankfully, too, uh, how's the, your Central Collegiate team going to be? I think we're going to be good. It's expected of us to be good, and 
uh, you know, me being a great 12, I'm going to make sure that we're good. <laughs> well, Lane, this was fun. Thanks for guesting with me. You're my athlete of the week. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ballsy. Okay, lonely quarantiners, we've got you covered with more pandemic pickup lines. One or two ply? Neither. I just want your reply. Is that a bottle of hand sanitizer in your pocket, or are you just happy to be six feet from me? The public libraries are closed, but I am definitely checking you out. Hey, gorgeous, are you down with the sickness? Because, ooh, ah, 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 ah. FYI, you can't spell quarantine without you are a QT. And there was some more quarantine pandemic pickup lines. And the third quarter of Growing the Game with Ballsy is coming to you from the Regina Sports Performance Center studio. I'd like to thank Face First Medical Aesthetics, Mark Greshner Photography. Time to head back out on the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline and talk to Riders Global kicker Henry Nell, who, as you're going to hear, has a great story about finding the game of football. How are you today, Henry? Hi there, Michael. Not too bad. How are you doing today? Good. So what uh, kind of protocols do you have to face to start the season? I heard you guys are going to be kind of under strict rules for like the first six weeks for sure. Yes, right. As we all know, player safety is um, the team's main priority. You know, like everybody's health is being taken considerate. Um, so everybody's trying to be safe. You know, so they're taking extra steps to make sure that we stay healthy this season. And obviously the guys behind the scenes, they've done, they have done a lot of work to ensure that we will be safe. You know, so we as players, we have that responsibility to live up to the protocol. Obviously, wearing a mask, staying six feet apart, you know, like don't take risk and going to high populated um, areas. You know, it's just being smart about this whole situation we placed in. It's kind of interesting because, well, when you get here, uh, 10 days after you get here, nine days, we're going to be going maskless in the province and we're kind of opening up more. We're not as heavy populated as some places. It's going to be interesting because a lot of guys coming from the United States, uh, it's wide open down there. So it's going to be a different mindset when they get here. I'm interested to see if, if young guys are going to adhere to the rules. Yes, I I agree. It's, um, it is a little different right now. Even in the states that I'm placing in Wisconsin, we haven't been wearing masks, I want to say, for the last four or five weeks. You know, So going back into that protocol of wearing masks and staying six feet apart and not going into public areas is going to be, a, I believe, a little bit of a challenge again. But I'm pretty sure if everybody keeps their eye on the goal, we will be quick to adapt. All right, so let's talk a little bit about you. I could tell by your accent, you're uh, not an American, you're not a Canadian, South African, born and raised. How did you come to the game of football? Because American slash Canadian football, obviously not a hot sport in South Africa. Of course. Um, funny enough, we don't even have football in South Africa. You cannot watch it on TV. If you want to see football, you got to take the extra steps in going online and searching the game, you know. So me growing up, football was never even a thought. You know, the only knowledge that I had about football was when you go to YouTube and you type in rugby hits versus football hits. And that is what I knew about football, you know. So the whole story um, is kind of fascinating once you listen to it. Me looking back onto this whole journey, it is it's remarkable. You know, it's um, the way we started and the way and the way we are right now. It's unbelievable how far we have gone. You had a dream apparently, and you didn't know anything about football, but this was a vivid dream. Tell us about this. Yes. So let's date back a little bit. Me growing up, never played football. I always played rugby. The, the dream that I had as a kid 
from the age five, six was playing professional rugby one day, you know, so I never took my eyes off that. It came to be in 2016, there was a lot of things going on in my career, you know, we had this tournament playing rugby and it turned out not in my favor. I was really upset. I was really disappointed. You know, it, uh, it kind of hit me in the face. And that night, I got a dream. I remember it as clear as daylight. I remember it as if it was yesterday. And in this dream, I want to I wanna hold you right there. Remember, I've never watched a football game in my life. Mm-hmm. So in my dream, I was on a plane, flew to the States, you know, got off the plane. Um, I was on this field. I had helmets on. I had pads on. I had, like, a different technique I was kicking with. I had a hole. I had a snap. It was 44 left hash. You know, kicked it straight through the pipes, and I woke up. I was like, wow, you know, this passion of mine, which is kicking, I was literally doing this as a career. You know, I was like, I was I was lost for a second. I didn't know what the, this meant. Um, so I started doing some research the next day. I went onto Google and I typed in, who is this guy kicking with helmets and pads? You know, what sport is this? And the first thing that popped up on the Wikipedia was, this is a place kicker. He plays in American football. This is his job. He runs on, kicks a field goal, and he runs off. I'm like, wow, I want to do this for the rest of my life. This is exactly, this is meant for me. You know, this is exactly where my passion is, is wanting to go to. You know, so it was it was kind of, I was in a tough situation because at that stage, I was still playing professional rugby and making a salary out of that. And in the back of my mind, I had this dream that, yo, maybe I should change to football. And in that same week, I asked for a, a sign. I got it. And, you know, I never looked back. So, so you got you got to Henry have a big set of balls to leave South Africa, uh, not knowing the sport and... Uh, and coming over here to North America to play. But how did you learn how to kick? How did you learn? Like, it's one thing to say, I'm going to go kick, but it's another thing to learn how to kick. Who taught you how to kick? How long did that take? Yes. So in 2016, in the same here, um, right before I got the dream, about two weeks, three weeks prior, I met up with a guy on a field, which was a kicking coach. You know, he came over, introduced himself, and um, he started working with me. Now, working with me in the sense of kicking rugby balls, you know, his name was Vian van der Riek. He had this kicking academy in South Africa named Rocket Foot Kicking Academy. And um, he kind of found me. We kind of worked together on my rugby skills. And I kind of remember his story. His story was he was in the, the U.S. trying out with some NFL teams, right? I got the dream. I called him. I was like, Yo, do you think this is possible? Can you teach me? And he told me, like, I would have asked you tomorrow if you were interested in this game. So we started working on kicking footballs. He taught me a different technique. You know, he took me under his wing and taught me everything I needed to know. And we've been training, I want to say, roughly 12 to 14 months strictly on kicking footballs. And then it came to that point where I took that leap of faith. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave my family. I'm going to leave my country. I'm going to go chase a sport I've never watched on TV. And I'm going to try and be professional in it. Yeah. So I made that decision, flew over to the U.S. And I trained with Proform Kicking Academy down in Jacksonville. Mike Hollis is the owner of that. Right. He played in the L for nine years. He's also a 98 Pro Bowl kicker. And so I kind of got some knowledge from him as well. He kind of made the fine tuning on the technique. And three months later, yeah, I signed my first professional contract playing professional American football. That was your first ever football game. You didn't play like high school. You didn't play college. You didn't play flag. It was professional football. Do you remember your first ever kick? Who were you playing for? 
So I was playing in the Arena League. It's called National Arena League. Um, I played for the team called the Maine Mammoths. They mm-hmm. were up in Portland, Maine. And I still remember the first the first game. Uh, how can you forget your first professional game? And uh, if I had to date back, I was still learning the game as I was playing the game. You know, so I made a I made the kickoff. My heart rate was over 200. I promise you that. So I made a kickoff. <laughs> I ran down. We made the stoppage. I remember walking up to my coach and I asked him like, "Yo, coach, where do you need me? Do I need to line up on this side or that side?" He looked at me with a strange face and he's like, "Yo, you did your job. Get off my field." <laughs> it was really mind-blowing. Still learning as the game went on, but obviously I caught up really quickly. I had to do more research on my own. I had to go back and film. I asked questions. I was never afraid asking questions. And it wasn't a few few weeks later that I kind of got the game down. You know? mm. But dating back to my first kick, I think I did tell you this uh, prior that my first kick was actually a deflection that went through the uprights. <laughs> so it was kind of, <laughs> I, I hit the ball, and I as soon as I hit it. I saw the ball tracking late. I was like, oh, this is going to be, I'm going to miss this. And the guy deflected the ball and it went straight through the middle. I was like, wow, what a way to open up your career. <laughs> That's awesome. You started kicking when you were 19 professionally. How old are you now? I'm right now 22. I'm turning 23 in September. So you got a three full years of professional football under your belt already as a 22-year-old guy. So you're you're ready for the ups and downs of professional football. What do you know about Saskatchewan? Right now, last team you were with was the uh, in the IFL, the Green Bay Blizzard. I will tell you that it is like Green Bay. This is the this is the Green Bay of the CFL. They love the Packers. We love the Riders. Do you know much about Saskatchewan besides that? Yes, the one thing I did pick up about Saskatchewan is as Green Bay has their fans for the Packers, I know that Saskatchewan has diehard fans for the Riders. You know, so I'm excited to be uh, involved in the community. I'm excited to see that crazy fans in the stands. You know, it's going to be exciting. And the other thing, obviously, when I started uh, watching the CFL, um, it's funny we get into another story where as soon as I started watching the CFL, one of the two teams that I was really like interested in, I was like, damn, that looks like a really good team. One of them was Saskatchewan. You know, it's like, it's, and this is dating back two, three years ago. Right. So it's like, it's always been, I don't know if it's destiny, but I'm truly believing it. You know, it's, this is where I am right now in life. It's destined to be this way. Have the riders, Coach Dickinson, who loves special teams, or uh, Jeremy O'Day, the GM, have they told you what their plan is for you? To me, I would think you're a guy that comes in and soaks up as much knowledge as he can from Brett Lowther, who's a good kicker, and, of course, John Ryan, a buddy of mine, a sponsor of my podcast, a local football legend who's won a Super Bowl with Seattle. Yes, yes. Um, I had spoke to Coach Dickinson before. Obviously, as global guys from all around the world, obviously we haven't grown up playing the game. You know, if you take guys from Japan, guys from Europe, um, obviously that's a different type of level of football. So coming to the U.S. and coming to Canada, um, obviously you're in a whole nother elite class of professional athletes. You know, so obviously they want us to learn and grow. And for me, learning from guys like Brett and John, who I have a lot of respect for, um, learning from them is going to be a privilege. You know, I want to come in, I want to soak up as much knowledge as I can from them and help me better myself as a kicker, you know, and see what door open up next. Mm-hmm. But obviously in that same breath, um, I'm a true believer that irons sharpen irons. You know, like if you put a group of good athletes in the same room, obviously you're going to get some success out of it because everybody's going to make one another better. You know, so I'm, I'm excited to learn from them. 
I'm excited to train with them, but also I still have my vision and dream that I'm trying to make it to the next level. So obviously we all going to work hard. And you know what? Team comes first. You know, so whatever we need to do to help the team win, I'm down for whatever they ask and require from us. So uh, I don't know what's the coldest day you encountered in Green Bay. I know you play <laughs> indoors. You don't play outdoors. Uh, our season got pushed back. Normally it starts uh, probably June and it goes till the end of November. Well, we're going to push it back now, shorten season, and we'll be playing into December. I don't know how you know how cold it gets in Green Bay. I kind of have an idea, but I'm going to tell you it's about 10 times worse in Saskatchewan. Ooh. So if it's an outdoor game uh, as a South African, get ready, my friend. Yes, yes. No, I've I've been preparing myself. You know, um, me and my wife, we've been living up in Maine for quite some time as well. Mm -hmm. And when COVID hit, um, we had some bad weather up there where it got really cold. You know, so I kind of prepared myself already kicking in the snow. I had sessions there trying to get used to how the surface feels, how the ball feels on the foot. Um, There's been times that I forced myself to go sit outside and just let my body adapt to the cold. You know, so I took some steps to try and prepare myself as good as I can, you know. But obviously, growing up in Africa where you saw triple figures in um, temperature, coming to a place where it's negative, it's going to be a real challenge. But, I mean, I'm a guy that loves challenges, so we'll see how that turns out. Sounds like it. And I I just uh, picked up on one more question. You're going to be 23. You're married already. How long have you been married? Tell me about that big man. Yeah, so me and my wife, we got married um, about a year and a half ago almost right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, in my opinion, love has no time. You know, so when we fell in love, um, we've been together for quite some time and um, the time was just right. So yeah, we are going on to two years right now. Very blessed and in a really fortunate situation to be married at a young age. Maine or Wisconsin girl? Where'd you meet her? <laughs> She's a New York girl. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, Funny enough, how this whole story plays out is when I was in Maine playing my first professional season, when I got injured in my fourth week, I went for physical therapy, and who, who you know showed up. He was my first ever doctor. You know, so the the world the world has a funny way of playing out, but obviously I'm enjoying this journey for sure. Did you uh, did she ask you you're going to where when you said you were going to Saskatchewan? <laughs> yeah, she was like, uh, when she found out about the CFL, I was like, she was really excited for me because obviously she knows how much work and dedication and sacrifices I've made over this last few years. So um, when she was like, Saskatchewan, where is that on the map? So I was like, let me pull this up and show you. And she's like, oh, that's not in the drivable distance. <laughs> So yeah. I'm going to tell you something, Henry. Uh, uh, truth be told, uh, I've uh, been a... I'm a nationalist. I love Canada. I want, you know, we have a ratio where so many Canadians have to be on the field, and I'm a proponent of that. I've never been a huge uh, global expansion guy, only because I don't think the league is, uh, you know, really uh, sewing up their problems here in Canada before they expand. But I will tell you this, you're the first global player I've interviewed, and uh, you seem like a neat dude, so I'm cheering for you, my friend. Thank you so much, Michael. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to meeting you up in Saskatchewan in person, maybe. And you said Saskatchewan right. I love it. A lot of people say Saskatchewan. It's Saskatchewan. (laughs) There we go. You're already picking up a few tricks. (laughs) Hey, for Canada Day, here's Canadian translations. An American would say, My favorite band is Guns N' Roses. And now the Canadian translation. Hey, my favorite band is ZZ Top. Happy Canada Day, eh?
And the fourth quarter stretch brought to you by Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and Prince Albert. Choose Advantage Collision because they care about your safety. Well, this is the fourth quarter stretch, but it is a time for me to get on the old soapbox. It's time for the gospel according to Ballsy. Well, did you hear the NFL gave teams permission to use alternate helmets? The New York Jets immediately requested a switch to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's a new vaccine based on Olympian DNA, but that Olympian is Michael Phelps, so all it does is make you sit by a pool and get high. They finally found that woman who caused the crash at the Tour de France. They say it's the worst catastrophe at a major sporting event since the last time the Diamondbacks played baseball. The last time a nut made this much cycling news, it was removed from Lance Armstrong. (laughs) That woman should be uh, charged with one count of making cycling exciting to watch for a change. Hey, did you shell out good hard-earned money to watch Floyd Mayweather Jr. Logan Paul do almost nothing for eight rounds? Well, you should know that Floyd is laughing at you, literally. During a press conference involving his protege, Floyd was caught on video bragging, quote, I'm the only person that can do a fake fight and get $100 million. I could do legalized sparring and get $100 million. So blame yourself if you bought that awful display of hugging. He hugged Logan Paul more than I hugged my son when he came home from college. Hey, if you want to support a D-list celebrity fight, September 25th, I climb into the ring for the fourth and final time to fight Mark Johnston of Play 92 in support of athletes with mental health issues. The fight goes down at the Lonsdale Boxing Club. More details on ticket prices and where you can get them will uh, be coming up shortly. It'll be broadcast live, though, on Access Now Sports. Speaking of boxing, Mike Tyson recently turned 55. He's at the age now where he's more likely to talk someone's ear off. And Brendan Labatt tells us he's opting out of the 2021 season because he doesn't like the CFL protocols as it relates to COVID-19. The waiver native was under the impression that vaccinated players would be good to live their life. He has indicated that he would return to the riders if the rules loosened, and I'm totally okay with his decision. Makes no sense that vaccinated players have to adhere to strict rules. You tell players to do their part and be good teammates and get vaccinated so we can get back to normal. Except you do the exact opposite. It's a joke. And I love the fact that a guy with his clout says, nope, I won't put up with this crap because the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Now, I suspect we could see Labatt in Ryder colors once again once summer is over and he's done camping with his young family, you know, like later in the season. That's if the club runs into problems. Enjoy your family time, Big Blue. You earned it. And that brings to a close episode 298 of Growing the Game with Ballsy. Thanks for checking us out. Please remember to share the podcast and check out the social media pages. My brother Chad behind the scenes has been doing a great job of reconfiguring everything and look for uh, Growing the Game with Ballsy to be on YouTube very soon as well as we take this thing to the next level. But we can't get there without your help. Like I said, remember to share the podcast, listen to the podcast, like the social media pages, Growing the Game with Ballsy, Instagram, at the real Ballsy on Twitter, I guess is how you'd say it. And of course, like I said, YouTube coming. I've got that top 50 can west show coming up here at the end of summer just before the season kicks off working on a few other things as well so some exciting times around here we're glad you're a part of it if you have a story idea you want me to share just email me mball at harvardbroadcasting.com or direct message me at the growing the game with ballsy facebook page have a great day